Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is Chad Ashley from Grayscale Gorilla, and in today's podcast, we're going to talk all about Cinema 4D S22, Subscription 22, and yeah, we're going to get into it. So without further ado, uh, let's jump in. Hey, before we get started with today's podcast, I wanted to let you know about a very special offer over at Grayscale Gorilla Plus. For a limited time, you can get $150 off your first year of a Grayscale Gorilla Plus membership. That means you could start learning today from industry pros, start upping your 3D skills. If you've been checking out Grayscale Gorilla Plus, head on over to grayscalegorilla.com slash plus, and during checkout, enter the code LEARN3D to get $150 off your first year of Grayscale Gorilla Plus. Hope to see you in there. And now back to the show. Before we get into it, I want to introduce a very special guest, the newest member of the Grayscale Gorilla team, Sean Astrom, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Thank we'll you. Clap Thank there. You. I don't have a clap track, so I got to do that. Yeah, we got we to gotta add that in there. <laughs> we'll add a clap track. Yeah, dude, I'm so, so excited that you're here. Like, you've been, how long you've been with us now? Uh, it feels like you've been with us forever because you've done so many things with us, but you've only been here a few weeks now, right? Yeah, officially only a few weeks, but yeah, we've, you know, I've helped out on a few projects in the past. So it's been a little while now that we've been kind of doing some things together and now I can, you know, contribute full time. So it's very, very exciting. Dude, so stoked that you're here. Sean is amazing, and uh, he he's just he's the perfect addition to the Grayscale Gorilla team. We think um, if you haven't uh, seen any of his tutorials on our YouTube page, go check them out. And if you've seen any of our Ultimate Skies, uh, that's all Sean's doing there. So he's going to be on board helping me make materials and assets, just making as much killer stuff we can for you guys. Um, and he gets to help out with these podcasts so we can talk about tech and do some crazy stuff. Right. That's Indeed. cool. Yeah. We're going to, we're going to be geeking out pretty hard. I, I feel like. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that I like that. I like having somebody that I can do that with. Uh, it, you know, my dog can only take so much of my, uh, banter. Yeah. Right. He's already left. He's already left the room. He's had enough. <laughs> All right. So S 22 subscription, 22 is really, I think, what it what it is uh, supposed to be known as. Uh, normally, they drop new versions of Cinema 4D in September area, uh, but this year they're doing something a little different. They're dropping a, a subscription version, sort of a, a, a sort of a preview to what they're going to be dropping in uh, September. Now they've never done this before, right, Sean? Like I can't remember a time when they've done a drop that wasn't their usual scheduled drop. Yeah, man. Um, it's, it's pretty crazy. Like, yeah, I've been using cinema for, gosh, I want to say like 10, 11 years now and never seen an update come out in April. So it's pretty exciting. Yeah. I, I, it's cool because I feel like it's unexpected and right about now <laughs> with what's going on in the world today, we could all use a bit more, uh, pleasant surprises, um, which is always welcome. But yeah, it's definitely interesting. I, I think that it's an obvious sort of like, okay, let's try to get as many people on subscription as possible, right? Because it makes the most business sense for them. It makes the most sense from a, uh, just from a purely support, tech support standpoint to have everybody on the latest version. So subscription is something that they're really hoping people take advantage of. And it's fairly new for them, obviously. Um, 
you know, I don't have a ton of thoughts on MSA subscription and, and that whole thing. I saw a few people online saying that uh, they were a little bit a little bit annoyed that the longtime MSA customers were sort of, they felt a little snubbed by this S22. It's because they've been asking for UV tools forever. And then they finally drop and they can't use them because they're not on the subscription. You've been MSA, right? Like you were on MSA for a while? Yep, yep. Yeah, I still have my MSA license, which, yeah, it's it's kind of it's kind of interesting. Like, I feel like the goal with with this is to just obviously ultimately get people onto the subscription. But, you know, they it's it's ultimately so they can put out more updates, you know, faster and get them out to people's hands like quicker, which is exactly what we're seeing here. Right. Yeah. I I think that obviously like I prefer subscription personally because I just don't want to think about uh, going onto a site, purchasing an upgrade or managing a license upgrade. I would just rather pay uh, a fee, like a known quantity yearly, monthly, whatever it is, and just not think about it and always have access to the latest stuff. Like that's just my personal um, thoughts on that. But hey, everybody's different. Everybody's uh, got their own issues or maybe they they are in the same boat as me and they like subscription, whatever the case. They're making a strong case for going subscription if you want to get these features before uh, the new version comes out. So S22 subscription drop, Cinema 4D, is going to have these new features before uh, R22, which... Again, all these features will get into R22 for those people that are uh, not on subscription, but the it's just a way to sort of reward the subscription members with a nice little advanced look at the features that are that are coming into uh, the application. So yeah. let's let's break it down, dude. Like you and I have been playing with it for a few days now um, and just kind of checking out everything, and it's not a huge drop there's not like a ton of new stuff in here but there's some pretty significant stuff in here and we're going to break it down here um piece by piece i guess and sean and i are going to give everybody our opinion on uh on all these new features the major new features we're not going to go like into the minutiae of every tiny little update but the the stuff that you care about we're going to go in there and uh, we're going to talk about it so all right i'll start us off the biggest one right automatic UVs. The new UV workflow, I think, is probably the biggest thing in this version, wouldn't you say? Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, it's kind of funny. I think people have been waiting for 10 years for them to update the UV tools and it's here. So it's it's a big update in that regard because so many people have been asking for this for a long time. So including me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, when I came on to, uh, when I, when I first started using cinema 4d, I, I was sort of like, well, wait, this is, this is your UV tool. Like this seems like this can't be it. And, and, and right. so I just honestly just stopped even thinking about doing UVs when I started using cinema, I would obviously I would use it for like basic stuff, right? Like some cubic maps and, you know, g- generic sort of stuff like that. But if I needed to unwrap an object, I would usually like hit up my buddy who's a ZBrush uh, guy and be like, yo, can, can you unwrap this for me in two seconds and send it yeah. back to me? Yeah. Because it was just not easy, right? It was, it, it didn't really work well. It didn't have a lot of the tool sets that a lot of other DCCs had. 
So yeah, it's something that I've been asking for for a long time. Super stoked that they finally did something with it. Now yeah, I, I would you, myself go into ZBrush and use the um, UV Master tool inside of ZBrush. Use exactly. Go to shoot shoot back over to Cinema. So yeah, it, and and myself like starting out with Cinema 4D as really the first 3D application I ever used. Like the UVs never really crossed my mind. Like as like, oh, these don't work that good because I hadn't. <laughs> you just never knew <laughs> in other programs. And then once I got a taste of how they worked in a few other applications, I was like, oh yeah, this this is not good. These these really right. don't do what you'd expect. Yeah, I feel like it, it's been on the top of everybody's wish list for a long time, and I think they they've listened, and I think that's a great thing when when. Uh, when software uh, manufacturers listen to their user base and prioritize what they want in their uh, in their own internal to do list, it's it's a great thing, and I think that that's what we're looking at here. And so, correct me if I'm wrong, though. They licensed the the uh, the tool or the sorry the unwrapping uh, algorithm, and I apologize if I'm getting that wrong, but they licensed that from an existing. Uh, software or existing uh, yeah, tool, yeah, that, right? That's what it looks like. There, There's, um, a, a, I don't know if it's just like some, some code out there that, that, you know, he created so that people can go in and, and sort of implement it into their software. But yeah, so it's um, from QSolar and it's like the- We'll put the, the link, the info on the, in the, in the show notes for sure. Yeah, that's a strange name. <laughs> yeah, odd name, but you know the the algorithm is amazing. Like the the testing that that I've done, I'm sure you, I think you've done some. Um, it's pretty darn impressive. Uh, so yeah, let's talk about that. Let's talk about the 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 automatic the automatic UVs as a feature, right? So the idea here is that you really don't have to do much. You can select your object. You can cut some seams in a very simple, uh, pretty easy workflow and then automatically unwrap uh unwrap the uvs what were your thoughts on the automatic uv workflow i mean at first it's a little unclear how to get it all going but the biggest thing like with you know is the new layout like really kind of is is much closer to uh the kind of you know default standard layout which is which is great but at first if you don't have uv tags in there or or a uv tag on your object it's like a little confusing how to get it going but once you have a uv yeah. tag you kind of can get it go, going from there and at that point it's pretty darn easy yeah i thought that too i, I thought that like okay it, it works really well and, and once you've once you've whether you have seams or you don't have seams uh it's really a couple clicks and and you're really you have decent looking UVs for most things, but the workflow, yeah, man, it's a little weird because you, you, like you said, you have to have a UV tag, which I didn't really know. And it's, it's not, it doesn't like bring you through the process super easy. Um, and and I, I think that there is an opportunity there for them to create that because most of the time you're sort of, you are following a pretty linear workflow when you're UVing something. So I feel like the 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 UX of it could be a little bit more intuitive, but the tool itself, like getting something UV'd quickly and and in a really 
usable way, it was great. Yeah, no, it's it's pretty darn impressive. And it, it kind of seems there's a few different algorithms for the automatic UVs. You have like packed, cubic, angle. And so there's a few different methods to kind of get those going. And then at that right. point, you can kind of do some different packing, um, do your relaxing, and you're pretty much good to go. I liked the, um, and maybe this is a feature in other UV tools. I, I just don't do a lot of, I don't spend a lot of time UVing, but the overlapped mirrored geometry feature where if you have an identical island or identical geometry mirrored, right? There's no yeah. sense, you, you can choose to have those those UVs overlapped because maybe you just want to save space and you want to paint on one, it's going to be the same on the other one. So you might as well just have them mirrored overlapped. And that's a great way to save space when you're packing your UVs. I don't know if that is, I, I can't remember ever seeing that feature before, but I wasn't looking all that hard. No, that's that's actually huge. I um, It's an awesome feature. I don't know that I've seen it in any other tools that I've used, but I, I know I was playing with 3D Coat for a while to do some UVing for a client. And it was I was just in that case scenario where model had to be under 100,000 polys and the UVs had to be packed into one tile. And there was certain objects on the model that totally could have been just stacked. So, you know, right. any, uh, you know, identical objects could have been stacked on top of one another. And I ended up going into 3D code and like manually placing um, some of the, some of the. Um, oh, item. wow. Like dragging stuff around. Yeah. 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 So the fact that that's automated is pretty darn cool. Yeah, that, that, that's pretty sweet. And yeah. <laughs> I got to I got to believe that like for those out there that are looking for a quick UV solution, they don't necessarily want to learn or buy ZBrush just to do UVing. They maybe are thinking about RISM because they're hearing about it. Um, we're going to talk about our findings after we get through the rest of the UV stuff, but um, yeah, let's jump into the rest of the UV workflow because that's just the automatic UVs. Like the 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 complete UV workflow is different. It, it's no longer like you go into the to the BPUV, which is a little weird that they kept the BPUV name in the workspace dropdown. Right, uh, right. I would have thought they would have just said like UV workflow or something. The fact that they kept the body paint initials is a little strange to me, but. Maybe there's something there for the future. I don't know. Anyway, you go into this setting and it's no longer it no longer feels like you're using a completely different app. Everything is sort of organized in the same way that that uh, cinema is. So things are predictably on the left, menus and uh, tools up on the top, and it just feels better. You know, didn't yeah. you find that it like it's not as jarring? For sure. Yeah. It's it's amazing. Um, once, once you get in here, like how you realize that a bad layout can really throw you off, like <laughs> in any software, oh, yeah. if, if all of a sudden the UI just goes bonkers, um, at least in the old cinema 4d UV layout, it, it was pretty bad. So, um, it's much better now. And I think the biggest, biggest change maybe is that there's no separate UV modes now. So when you're in point mode, edge mode and polygon mode, those are all consistent with. Yeah. God, thank God. Yeah. <laughs> that was so confusing. Dude, when I first started learning cinema, I was like, wait, I don't understand. So there's like a different 
poly mode, but it's right. like UV poly mode, and it just made no sense to me at all. Yeah, yeah this is makes way more sense for me for sure. Definitely a massive improvement there. So, yeah, and I I like um, they've got a lot of new tools. I'm not gonna we're we're not gonna like break it down tool by tool in the new UV workflow, but it it's good and. Um, there's all sorts of, I'll, I'll talk about some of my favorite things and Sean, I'd like you to like maybe expand on them or tell me, tell me what you think if you have any other ones. For sure. I liked, um, obviously all the packing, uh, stuff was good. The only, the only thing that I'll say about, uh, the packing, uh, UI is a lot of the tools in cinema. I've kind of gotten used to that right click reset to default, uh, ability so that if I change a setting, and I don't like it, or maybe I completely break it with a setting, I can always right click and go back to default. You can't do that on some of the the packing menu items, which is a little bit annoying. Um, the other thing that I liked a lot was the, uh, the island workflows, double clicking to select the island and having the bounding box, all that stuff is fantastic. I really like the uh the modes so you can go into like a view uv settings mode where you can turn on an overlay of a uv tile you know those crazy textures that have like squares and numbers in them and different colors you can turn on a mode where you can see that stuff you can turn on a mode where you look at the island every island gets a different color randomly uh, and you can see that in your viewport on the model as well as in the uv space i love that yeah that that was awesome my only criticism is that that mode is not contextual. So that mode doesn't like pop up and remind you that it's there if you're using a tool or maybe in a specific workflow. You have to like go over to the attributes panel, drill down into the mode and find UV settings and then adjust it, which is a bit of a drag because sometimes I'm working and I just wanna quickly see that UV overlay and I have to like go over to the attributes click on modes, go down to UV. You know what I mean? Like it's, it feels like that could be a little bit more front of mind, you know? For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's and nice they have it in there. Cause yeah, previously there was nothing. Um, and it, it does look, it does look like to give you the ability to kind of load your own texture too, which is cool. Um, yeah, that's cool. That's definitely useful. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like it's really, really a huge improvement. And the, um, yeah, I mean, if I had to pick some things that I wish were there, it would be if we had like a uh, a relax brush that I could. Oh, the other thing I forgot to mention, you can you can actually visualize the distortion, right, of yep. your uh, of your UVs. And so when I was looking at that, I was like, man, I really wish I just had a relax brush where I could just go in there and like relax those UVs as like a paintbrush kind of workflow. Uh, maybe that, maybe that'll get added or maybe it's there and I'm just like too stupid to see. It. <laughs> I don't know, but yeah, no, it's something I mean, that, yeah. I, I wasn't able to, to see any tools like that in there yet, but, but my guess would be they gotta be, you know, planning on adding that stuff. Maybe that was part right. of some of the improvements to the uh, modeling brushes uh, that maybe they had to recode so that they can eventually implement them into. Right, right. Yeah, that I, I think once they get that working and honestly, like, I, I mean, to be honest, like this entire UV workflow is is 
totally fine for me. Like I have absolutely no reason given the kind of work that I do. I don't do a ton of UV ink, but this is totally fine for my everyday needs. What did you, what, what are you, what are the thoughts on this? Like, what did you like? What didn't you like? Yeah, no, I mean, it's night and day. Like this will keep me in cinema. I don't feel like I need to jump out into ZBrush anymore or more recently RISM and, and do my UVs there, which, you know, it's like just having to go in and like learn a whole nother tool. It It's always like crazy time consuming, you know? So the fact that they finally got this implemented is huge. Like, and I don't really see anything that stands out. I mean, I know there's no UDEM support yet, but I, I feel like that's right. coming, um, you know, but, you know, apart from that. I feel like, like UDEM's Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. I want to talk about UDIMs for a sec. So, oh, you're good. For for those that don't know or maybe have heard that term before, uh, let's explain that. So, um, I, I don't even remember what it stands for, and if you do, jump in because I, I don't. But um, in a nutshell, uh, it basically means imagine having uh, multiple UV canvases that you can use in one uh, in one set sort of. So a texture could um, access different UV canvases, UDIMs, uh, so that you're making the most out of your, your UV space. And um, it, it just it allows you to like, essentially have, without having like ridiculously huge textures that need to cover large pieces of an object, you can just throw that on a different UDIM, right? I mean, yeah, that's exactly, essentially- yeah. It, it seems like it's just a coordinate system. So you have, you know, like zero, you know, to 10 or in, in either direction, but covering, you know, additional UV tiles. So, you know, yeah, it, you know, a whole UDIM set can contain, you know, a hundred times the information that you get within one right. UV set. So, so it's great. Like I, I think uh, if you just, you know, search like UDIMs, like, you know, there's like a model of like, you know, um, like a Star Wars uh, the millennial Falcon and it has, you know, like a hundred UDIM tiles. So to, to keep a UV set on a model that complex, um, it, it kind of gives you the ability to do that. Whereas otherwise you just have to break apart your model and have separate UV sets for each right. object. That's a good way to, to explain it. So imagine a large, super large asset, like, like the millennium Falcon and imagine like how high res those textures are. Uh, and imagine trying to fit all of those textures in one UV uh, canvas, right? That there's just like no way you could do it. So yeah. UDIMs allow you to have multiple canvases really so that you can essentially have way more robust uh, and and maybe not a giant, you're still gonna have giant textures. There's no way around it. It's Millennium Falcon after all, but it's gonna allow you to be able to maximize that 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 size of your texture. Totally. Um, but anyway, it's not really something that I'm needing. Uh, I, and I think a lot of people talk about wanting UDIM support. And of course, it would be great if it was there. But I don't think the average artist is really needing it. What do you think about that? Yeah, no, totally. Um, you know, it was it was developed, you know, more for just keeping, you know, in in the in the game world, you know, in that pipeline, having, you know, you need your model to, to be one asset, and it can't be 10 assets, you know, that make up like one character. And so, you know, that was one need for it. Um, whereas like with what we do in Cinema 4D, it's pretty rare that we need to like, merge everything into one object, you know, just because. Um, 
So it's well, it's you really can necessary. have. There's other apps like 3ds Max. You could have uh, multiple objects share a UV space, and that w- without UDIMs. So you could have like right. a hierarchy model, uh, completely separate models, but throw a UV a UV modifier on it, and all of a sudden you've got all these models existing in the same UV space. I do wish we had that. Like that is something that I think I wish we had because it right now. If you have, like you mentioned, a character that maybe has, um, I don't know, a body, maybe um, a shirt, something like that, and a separate geo for the shirt, and you don't, you want to be able to like put it in the same UV space. Like, how would you even do that? You would, you couldn't, right? Yeah, totally. Yeah, no, and and that's been kind of the limitation and and why they sort of cre- came up with this whole, you know, standard, if you will. Right. Yeah. And uh, that would be great if they could get something like that. Maybe, you know, I would settle even if they if they can't do UDIMs, just, you know, shared UV spaces would be good. Right. I don't know if that's the same tech or what, but something like that would be good. Yeah. The the interesting thing is it really is kind of one in the same. You you know, you you have UV tiling, which is essentially UDIMs, but it's like they had to kind of come up with this whole um, you know, standard for it. Um, and I think even Pixar had p for a while, which was sort All of right. Confusing. I remember that. Um, but it was really like, yeah, limitation. And I think, you know, like if you go over to Substance Painter, like Substance Painter wants your object to be one mesh. And so that's another good example of where UDIMs do help out because, you know, pretty much gives you infinite resolution in terms of what you can get going. Right. Yeah, I I think this to sum it up, the new UV workflow is fantastic. It's going to keep me from having to learn or use something else for UVing. Uh, there's definitely um, some finessing that needs to be done to the UX and things like that, but uh, I feel like it's a really good first step. Yeah, no, it's it's huge. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty stoked. I don't think I'm going to be bouncing out into other softwares for a while and yeah unless i'm doing something crazy which hopefully i won't but well and and i have to i have to assume that by the official like r22 release come september ish you know we're gonna see udims or you know multi uv space support and a couple other of the things they want to get in there but just couldn't get in there this quickly i mean because you know we're talking seven months after r21 so it's pretty sweet yeah, it's pretty crazy. Um, yeah, it, I, I'm, I'm still kind of like, well, okay, cool. Is this how? Is this going to be like this from now on? You know, right? <laughs> I'm gonna yeah. have to start like uh, looking forward to this time. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's also great because NAB obviously being canceled. Uh, it's a super bummer because you know we always are out there hanging out with our friends and like catching up with people. So this is a, a nice little piece of news to to cheer up our or April. I know. Yeah, uh, yeah, for sure. Let's move on to, uh, let's just kind of move on to some of the other stuff, like the modeling improvements. Uh, there's quite a bit of stuff in the modeling improvements part of the um, bringing some of these tools into the new core. Um, I think the, the, the big ones here are 
the uh, the the detri- what is it untriangulate or is it detriangulate? I don't know what they're calling it. It's untriangulate, I believe. Yeah, it's the untriangulate command. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah, it's a super weird word to say, and it's even weirder to look at it when it's written down. But um, <laughs> yeah, that's pretty cool. And and I think the um, the bridge tool has been uh, sort of revamped, and it's it's good. It's definitely got some i wish it did a few other things but yeah it definitely works much better uh what what's your what are you liking in the modeling improvements what stood out to you um definitely the new like mirrored selection um feature oh yeah huge yep. yeah i can't i think i had a plug-in at one point that did that for me but yeah when you're modeling and you need to just mirror selection um yeah it's it's awesome so that's that's huge they added that um and then what else? Uh, you know, there's the non-manifold geometries command, which, you know, like it, it's kind of this oddball thing that happens, but sometimes you get a mesh and the geometry is all messed up and that, you know, that can fix non-manifold edges um, now, which is sweet because it definitely nice. does not have that capability before. Um, and then now you can generate vertex normals via the Fong tag, which is another like just kind of feature that was definitely missing that like, you know, I, I, I think. Yeah. I, uh, that saves some clicks for sure. Yeah. So, so yeah, there's some, some solid stuff in there. Nothing like, you know, major standout, amazing, but really like quality of life improvements that we've been asking for for a while now. For sure. For sure. I hope they, they continue that too. I feel like um, the modeling tools are, uh, good. And I, I think there's a lot of really nice stuff in there, but obviously it's always good to, to kind of, uh, improve on that. And, and the bridge I think is a good step. And what, what I, what, specifically for me, like that was like, Oh, okay, cool. They're, they're doing some stuff there. Um, I hope they continue with it. There's some really good features in, in the bridge tool in 3ds max. I hope they look at, uh, kind of seems similar to what they've got, but sort of a little bit more uh, features in, in their version of that, but yeah, it's cool, man. I I, I don't do a ton of modeling, um, but I always I always appreciate when they when they give modeling some love because that's something that I think um, it needs. But yeah, yeah, no, definitely. Uh, I mean, so- there's a couple other little things like the um, the closed polygon hole. Uh, function in in there was kind of cool. There's some new options with that. Um, I think there were some some new selection options which were kind of cool. Like the um, uh, where is it? Like I'll have to find it here. It's like the loop. I want to open up my. If you don't know this, you can always open up the help in any version of Cinema, and it will tell you what's new. So you can get a really you can dive into the details of what's new if you just open up the manual uh, and oh, take yeah. a look. But yeah, so there's new some new loop and ring selection tools that have some new uh, some new options that are really nice. Double clicking on an edge will select adjacent as edges and things like that, which is kind of nice. So it's again like you were saying the quality of life stuff, which I don't think you can. Um, I don't think quality of life stuff really gets the attention that it deserves. <laughs> you know, oh, like people sure. want to be like, oh, it's the cool flagship feature. And I like I would take twenty 
I, w- I would take five good quality of life features over 15, you know, crazy features that maybe only you'll use twice of For some sure. new feature. But the everyday stuff makes a big difference in in how you go through your day. But yeah. Um, yeah, what's new? What else is new here? The nodal uh, material export to FBX. It's pretty self-explanatory. Your ability to export nodal materials out to FBX. Um, so the 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 ZBrush uh, bridge, the uh, Gozi bridge. I don't use ZBrush. What is what is different here? Like you use ZBrush, so you tell me. Like what what are we able to do now that we weren't able to do before? Yeah. Well, I think. Um, yeah, this is a nice addition. I think as of R19, it kind of got broke, or maybe it was R20. Um, you know, as far as I understood it, I always thought Pixelogic developed the Gozi bridge in between these. You know, I mean, it, it even works with like Photoshop. Like, you know, each hmm. each you know software, 3ds Max. Like, it's always you, you've had this ability to shoot your ZBrush models right over. Um, right. And yeah, so they've completely, it must be in their hands now, in, in Maxon's hands, and they've just implemented a sweet new GoZ. So it works great. So I, I, I don't use ZBrush. So like, what does this mean? Like, I click, a mo- I click a button and it brings my model into ZBrush or, and then back again? Yeah, totally. So, you, you know, if you have your model in Cinema, and you want to shoot it over to ZBrush to do some sculpting. Like it's literally just a click of a button in the UI. And then you hop into ZBrush, do what you want, hit the go Z button in ZBrush and it shoots it right back to cinema. All right. That's pretty sweet. And that wasn't working in R19, R20 and R21. Yeah, I think, gosh, I want to say it broke at R20, but okay. Wow. Yeah, okay, so then people that. have been without that for a while then. Yeah, totally. I think someone made a plugin that was that sort of worked for R21, but I tested it and it did not work the same as like the, okay. official, the official one. So the other thing is it looks like it supports polygroups, which which basically is ZBrush ZBrush's version of selection sets. Um Okay. But that it's a really important part of zbrush and and working like being able to go through and like select all the geometry you know per a poly group and that's all supported now so if you have a a bunch of selection sets inside of cinema you can convert them to polygroups shoot that over to zbrush do what you need to do and it works awesome nice yeah i mean um oh i i forgot i did that reminded me for some reason um uh, of another feature that that we forgot to mention uh, that actually, I'm not sure where this feature would fall, but I did want to mention that the, uh, uh, the substance engine, uh, for cinema 40 now supports, uh, up to 8k textures in 16 and 32 bit, which is good news. And I think that's something that people have been looking for. So that's, that's pretty rad. Yeah, um, wasn't it capped at like 2k? I think. Yeah, I think it I think it was yeah, it was capped at two K and which is like a drag, you know. <laughs> but um yeah, I mean it's one of the reasons why we at Grace Gorilla decided to go like bitmap based and not completely substance based and uh the substance engine hadn't been updated in a while, but 
Yeah. So this is definitely a step in the right direction. I don't think I would ever have us go into a full substance workflow for, for, uh, selling our materials. I, I still don't think that's really the right move for us, but it is great that that's, that's been, uh, improved. Yeah. Pretty cool. Uh, yeah. So let's talk about the viewport enhancements because I, I, I think that's, um, that's probably next to the UVs, uh, probably my second favorite thing about this, uh, drop. Um, so they've improved the viewport, uh, speed and, its ability to show more stuff and and not chug to a, a complete halt. I haven't given it a complete stress test on that, so I can't really say how much that that sort of lives up to the to the promise. But it does definitely feel zippier. I will say the uh, the shadow qualities overall looks a lot better. Way and better. Um, yeah, and I was excited to see that you know they work that same shadow quality works with. Uh, Arnold lights and redshift lights. I didn't check that. I didn't check it with uh, octane lights, but yeah, so that was cool. Yeah. And and, you know, it's, it's tough, man. Like, so I'm super jealous. I have to say I'm super jealous of uh, Maya's viewport and blenders viewport. I feel like their viewports are, they benefit from having a, a uh, built-in renderer, to build off of, right? So Blender, sure. you've got your viewport and they use cycles and they also have that EV. And you just get like a really good representation of what you're rendering in the viewport. And with Maya, them owning, uh, Autodesk owning Arnold, they can really make Arnold look like Arnold in the viewport. And I think with Cinema, it's hard because they use and and part of their strength is that they sort of allow users to use many different renderers and they're all really great. So how do you represent those in a, in a viewport experience consistently? It's like, I don't know if you can <laughs> really. Right. So yeah, no, it's, it's, it's been a limitation for like a long time. I, I know with, with V-Ray back in the day, like nothing ever worked right in the viewport with V-Ray. And it seems like it's still like a bottleneck. So I would, I would have to imagine, and, and I really hope that with Redshift now, you know, being part of Maxon, like that they're going to incorporate that somehow, you know, much deeper integration. So what you see in the viewport is like, you know, 80% of what you're getting at, at render time, but it's just... Right. I think that's actually a really smart move by Maxon, if they can make that happen, I think that'll push a lot more people to use Redshift because obviously that they can't, without a lot of effort, it would be hard to deliver that same experience if let's say you were using Octane in Cinema 4D, right? I mean, to get that same viewport uh, integration um, would be difficult. So if they really made it amazing with Redshift, it would be like, wow, man, the viewport looks so good with Redshift. It doesn't look that good with Arnold or with Octane. Maybe I'll just use Redshift. And it really, it can have an influence on, on, on people's decisions, I think. So it's kind of, kind of a, a smart move to kind of push that even further. Um, sure. yeah, I mean, obviously the viewport, if you're using standard materials, it looks really good. In fact, it looks very close to what you would render out. Again, they've even improved um, 
transparencies, I think, and, and lighting. They're doing a lot of work, but part of me is like, well, you know, that's cool, but like, I don't, I don't really use physical, so I'm not really going to get the benefit of that. But yeah. if they do that with Redshift, then dude, that'd be, that'd be pretty sick. Yeah. And I think that there's gotta be, they just have to be able to communicate with the other developers, you know, Arnold, you know, all these other engines and just really open up. Cause I feel like the doors were a bit closed as to how to access, you know, the viewport. Um, and I'm hoping that, that that's a little more available now with some of these right. improvements. And it, it seems more standardized, like, you know, some of the effects and, you know, I know they've, they've got it all working in metal now. Um, so I'm sure they've been doing a lot of work behind the scenes, but. Yeah, I think the, the, the metal thing, we'll have to do another podcast about that because I, I'm, I'm really trying to understand <laughs> that whole thing, but, um, maybe it's just not for me to understand, but yeah, let's, let's, let's put a pin in metal and let's do another podcast on that because that's definitely a subject that I think in the next few months it, we're going to want to talk about for sure. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. But like the little, little things like being able to change the, change the resolution in the viewport, like just so you can get faster playback, like, you know, while yeah. Yeah. Explain that a little bit. Cause that, that I think if you just say that people are going to be like, well, I can change the resolution of my objects or what, what do you mean by that? Yeah. I believe um, if you go into, um, Gosh, where is it? I mean, you, you go into the, the settings um, in. Well, they, they basically, it, it just stuff. it basically just like um, uh, it, it it unsmooths your viewport experience into like a more low resolution viewport experience for sake of speed. Right. Like that's the idea is that you're you're going to get more FPS totally because yeah, you're like you're you it's a degraded uh viewport experience to try to speed it up you've got a really complex scene or something yeah it's it's listed under the viewport effects so like where you you know enable like you know your high quality noises and your shadows and everything um at the very bottom there's you know a resolution option so if you you know put 0.5 in there you're getting half resolution in your viewport so it's effectively you know down sampling and doubling the frames per second well i don't know if it's quite doubling it but it's you know it's it's a nice speed improvement so for animators it's huge like if you're if you're like at that point where you're you know you're not able to animate quite at 30 frames per second your your frames per second are dropping you just you know lower your viewport resolution a little bit and it's gonna you know yeah yeah i i think that man yeah that is huge so the other thing that i really like too building off of that is the under the, uh, the the view filter is the geometry only. So if you've ever just wanted to see the objects, like maybe, like you were saying, you're an animator, yep. you don't need to see the ground plane, you don't need to see all that other crap. Like you can go into geometry only and uh, and it just like filters out everything but your geo, which is really great. And, and it just cleans up that whole experience. And then on top of that, you can actually um, create uh, presets of your filters. So the view filters, you know, you want to turn off the grid. Maybe you want to turn off the horizon. You want to turn off the uh, center world axis, all that crap. Like you want to create your own presets for that. And and maybe you have a preset for animating, like like Sean was saying, where you just like, oh, I only, I only need when I'm animating to see the 
the geo and the ground plane or something, whatever. You can create a preset for that, which is dope. I really like that a lot. I love yeah, that no, kind that's, of stuff. That's a massive just improvement just to the way all that works. Even like the icons, like I'm like, thank goodness for the little icons they put in there in the UI. Cause it, it was always like when you drop down that filter list and you're like, uh, where is <laughs> you keep you're like maybe it's one of the nope that's not it maybe no no that's not it yeah, it yeah was, you're it was like a whack-a-mole situation for sure um but yeah it's it's awesome now so th this is going to be great to have yeah that yeah dude I, i'm i'm excited that that i think this was something that um people were requesting and I, I know it it's something that uh we had grayscale gorilla even made a tool that did this uh i forget exactly what the name was but it was something that that functioned very very close to this because it was something that came up a lot especially if you're doing previs or or you're going to play blast something that ability yeah. to like quickly get everything else out of the way is pretty pretty sweet um i will say if i have any criticism about that whole workflow it's that I really hope they allow us to uh, access a preset, a, a filter preset in the customized commands. So if I wanted to select, maybe make a hotkey that went right to my, I don't know, my previs filter preset, I would love to be able to do that. Or have that be a button off in the UI somewhere, that would be great too. Yeah, hockey assignments to the actual like presets would be really cool. Um, that'd be like super, super sweet. Be able to like highly yeah. customize. You know, you have like your four different modes you like to work in or whatever. Um, so that'd be nice. So yeah, and especially if you're you're working and maybe your supervisor or your client walks over and you just want to like get rid of all the stuff that's gonna like confuse the shit out of them. Right. And you just like can hit a button and be like, here, you know, look at this. It's the lights and the and the objects or whatever it is that you, you want to do. Yeah, that's something that um, I'm sure they'll probably figure that out. That doesn't seem like it. That would be that hard. But yeah, the, the viewport stuff, super great. Love that stuff. Um, yeah. What I didn't really play with the uh, the hair stuff i don't really do much hair but what did you think about the the hair in the viewport I, I keep seeing like images and stuff people doing stuff with that and I, apparently it's much better now yeah it seems like you're just getting like it's probably using the same instancing tech that they've implemented like you know with with clones um and instances now with like you know the multi-cloner mode now um showing up kind of in real time it's got to be the same same tech basically, but yeah, like, you know, I think you're just getting actual previews of, you know, the actual hair geo, which is pretty sweet. Yeah. The, what was that image? I think I saw it on their site. It was like a cat or a kitten or something. Um, yeah, it looked pretty good. I gotta say, uh, I don't really ever touch hair, but like, it's nice. I would, I definitely would see the benefit of getting something close to what it would render like in the, in the viewport for sure. Yeah, no, I think I think that's going to be a nice, much, much welcome improvement. So we're kind of reaching the bottom of the list. The, the other thing that um, kind of stood out was the uh, the GLTF support for exporting. 
I don't do a lot of AR, but I understand that um, it's a it's a good exchange format. You said that um, uh, it's sort of like a well, you had a you were describing it to me. Can you expand on what that is? Yeah, like I think it's just it's kind of become I think the industry standard in terms of you know kind of like how Alembic has in our world has kind of become the standard for um, exchanging files between, you know, different DCCs. Um, Whereas this is more geared towards the real time world, you know, where you have your PBR based maps that all come along with it. Um, You know, I know like Sketchfab, I believe, you know, I think they require, or that's kind of like their main format. So, so yeah, so being able to export that is, is pretty sweet. I have to look into that. I haven't played with that yet. It's something that, uh, I've been meaning to check out, um, but yeah, I gotta get, I gotta check that out. Uh, yeah, so that, I mean, that's kind of the big stuff that we wanted to uh, to talk to all of you about. Um, and we just got a couple other tech news items here that that we should discuss. Uh, I think the the other really sort of piece of news that came out in the last couple of weeks is. And, and this kind of flew under, under the radar a bit. So uh, I'm, I, if you haven't heard, uh, then this will be news to you. But I'm sure a lot of you already kind of heard about this. But uh, we saw a couple tweets a couple weeks back by both Autodesk and a toy talking about a partnership between the two of them uh, for their for a toy's render service, RNDR which is a toys online cloud GPU rendering service that, uh, that is using um, parallel computing and uh, kind of like a, a blockchain. I'm not going to pretend to even know about that stuff. I don't do that. I don't do the Bitcoin thing, but apparently it's a whole thing with render and they've got their own thing going with that. And they're going to, allow uh, Arnold to render on this service. And so that tweet sort of sparked uh, a little bit more information in, uh, and a toy even talked about this in a uh, GTC video that they did uh, about a month ago, I believe, where Jules talks a bit about the future of a toy and whatnot and the plan for them to eventually support Arnold's standard surface, which, of course, Sean and I, our ears perked up and we were like, oh, okay, well, wait, oh, that's yeah. kind of interesting, you know? <clears throat> and we were hitting each other back like, oh, dude, uh, uh, can you imagine if like we have a, 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 a ubiquitous sort of like material format in standard surface? For those of you that don't know, Arnold Standard Surface is a fantastic sort of uber material, uh, but it really is a definition of a material, and it's got it's they've thought of everything. It really is like a a really great um, a really great system, and we'll throw links down below so you can or into the show notes so that you can learn about it. But yeah, dude, like that's pretty crazy, right? To to think about that, to think about what that could mean. Yeah, no, it's it's huge, especially to see, you know, a toy come across, you know, it seems like they've kind of been in their world doing their own thing with with some amazing tech. But the fact that they're embracing, you know, standard surface from Autodesk, Arnold, you know, it's pretty, pretty cool. Um, I would love to see it implemented in other engines for sure. 
Yeah, I think that would be killer. And it, it would really benefit you and I uh, specifically because then we could author our materials in standard Surface and they would just someday work everywhere that supports it, which would be amazing. Um, but yeah, so the, they, they started off by talking about that. And then um, Jules started to sort of expand on that on Twitter and a few other like Slack channels and um, saying that he would like to support many of the Arnold nodes in Octane as well, which I was kind of like, whoa, that's crazy. Like I was sort of like, oh, like why? Like that's (laughs) crazy. Cool. Yeah, please do. Right. But at the same time, I was kind of like, well... I don't like I didn't understand and I still don't and I need I need to talk to him about it so I'll 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 try to like follow up on this but I'm curious about the the business implications for that or what is what are the business goals for that you know like why would you why would you want to have Arnold features Arnold nodes in Octane and if you're Arnold why would you want your features nodes in Octane you know what I mean like What's the yeah, what's the so, uh, benefit? I mean, it obviously benefits us. Like that goes without saying, for sure. Um, yeah, man. I mean, it's 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 a tricky one. I I think with all these different render engines, like obviously, in a perfect world, wouldn't it be nice? Like, you know, I know so many of us were like, just like we want Cinema 4D noises like working in Render Engine A, B, C, and D. Like, I think that's just an example of like one aspect of one thing you learn that you want to work and everything else. And, you know, if, if if we could start to see more of that between all the different engines, that would be huge. Like, you know, if, if I know that the ramp node is going to be the same as it is in octane and Arnold. Yeah. I mean, the benefits for us are obvious, right? Like, of course. Yeah. (laughs) We want awesome features, uh everywhere like yeah i love this feature in arnold i wish i had it and i you know like that makes total sense for sure but the so cinema maxon it makes total sense for them to get their noises into as many renders as possible because it's basically um like saying hey cinema's got really great features really great tools check out our noises look at that that's how cool we are you know and and i feel like what's the how do you if I'm Arnold or I'm Autodesk and uh, Octane's going to put the jitter uh, node in Octane and all the other nodes and, and, and whatnot, then it's kind of like, well, aren't you sort of paving the way for people to not come back to Arnold? <laughs> or, right. And then vice versa, too. Like if you're in Octane and you're using so many amazing Arnold nodes and you're like, well, they don't kind of work this you know i thought they'd work a little bit better maybe i should try it in arnold like natively maybe they work a little bit better there and and it feels like there's this sort of strange uh effect where you're kind of encouraging both sides to take a look over the fence to see if the grass is greener and i don't know like maybe they're not thinking about it like that maybe they're thinking about it purely from an idealistic uh, user point of view like these are great things the user should want to use it there they should use it there they want to use it here they should use it here and For if sure. that's the case rad man like if that's the right. if that's really the case like that's so like well, that's so I, selfless I'm, I'm i'm picturing a world of, you know all the developers are just like 
so frustrated that every time they put out a new feature, you know, it doesn't quite cover what, you know, Arnold does or vice versa. You know, so they're probably just like, the hell with it. We just need to like standardize all this stuff. <laughs> right. I mean, it is kind of rad. Like, I, I, I'm, I'm not going to lie. Like, if Octane had Arnold's features and it, they worked well, and they and it was stable and all that sort of thing it would make me look at it again it would make me be like oh okay well maybe i'll maybe i'll use octane for this or whatnot but yeah and it's just it's just a strange thing like i'm trying to wrap my business brain around it and maybe i shouldn't maybe i should just leave that up to the suits to figure out and i should just shut up and enjoy the the potential crossover i i just have to wonder like yeah, like how, you know, how many people have hopped on to Arnold GPU now because because they have GPU now to start comparing it to Octane and, you know. Um, right, right. So. It's interesting. I, I got to say, though, um, I, I, I tweeted and I had a little bit of an exchange with Jules. And just so people know, like um, Octane and Autodesk have been partners for quite some time. So this isn't necessarily a new relationship. They've actually um, been partners for for a while. So um, it, it's cool. I definitely love the idea of this sort of cross pollination. A few people hit me up on Twitter when I was talking about it, and they were they were sort of convinced that this was some sort of uh, inverse reaction to cinema and redshift like oh they're teaming up we should team up or something like that right and uh, i I, i'm gonna just squash that right now as far as i know there's nothing like that going on everybody is just trying to make the best tools they can um and it's just yeah and i would love to see redshift uh adopt standard surface and i i think that's hopefully in the in the in the pipeline for sure yeah that would be you know, monumental. I, it, it's such a good shader and it's so simple and easy to use, but yet it has like everything, almost everything you need right in there that, yeah, it'd be like a no brainer. I think the more, you know, these companies make proprietary, like, you know, shaders or tools or whatever it may be like it's, it, I think ultimately they're going to alienate, you know, the user base because people just want stuff to just work, you know? So I think, right. I think it's a smart move, and I think it'll it's going to pave the way for some exciting stuff. Yeah, for sure. I'm excited about just making a, a standard surface material that works everywhere. That's just like a dream of mine. No. Um, yeah, I mean, it'd be so cool. Anyway, well, uh, we're, we're kind of running out of time here, so this is probably a good place to, to wrap it up. Um, anyway, well... Thanks. Uh, thanks so much for listening, everybody. We appreciate you. Uh, be sure to uh, leave us a review uh, or whatever it is, the platform that you're on, however you interact with our podcast, please do. And let a, let, let a friend know that we're here and you can listen uh, at home. You no longer uh, can drive probably. So put us on while you're uh, working out or while you're uh, taking a shower, whatever works for you. Uh, And Sean, thanks for joining us and welcome to the Grayscale Gorilla team. Absolutely. Ecstatic to be here. Yeah, we're going to do some great things. I'm very, very excited. Anyway, uh, that wraps up the show. Um, 
have yourself a uh, safe week and enjoy. Uh, well, it's going to be the weekend before you know it. So take some time, get outside, breathe some fresh air. And uh, remember, stay safe, stay home, and we'll see you next time.